Yo, 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 what up, everybody? It's your boy Rod. Welcome to episode six of Redskins Addicts. As always, appreciate your presence. Let's get it. Hi, fellas. Uh, breaking news just uh, published on Bleach Report about an hour ago, but apparently we dodged a bullet, and I think the pun is intended with that one because <laughs> they're saying that Giants cornerback uh, DeAndre Baker and Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar, formerly with the Redskins, apparently they paid their alleged robbery victims a total of $55,000 to say that a crime never occurred. Uh, it comes out of uh, New York Daily News uh so what's – I know I was pretty pissed off when we didn't pay Dunbar and jettisoned them off to the Seahawks, but it seems like uh, Ron Rivera might have been pretty clear in his uh, his foresight as to what to was what was going to come from uh, Quentin Dunbar. So what's your guys' quick take on this one? Fuck that. What if you was one of the guys that didn't tell and you lost $55,000 because of other things going on? I'd be like, man, what kind of shit? We supposed to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit stuff, man. I, I, I say you pay me sixty five. I tell everybody that nigga line. You know, that's exactly what I do. I don't know, man. I... So I think I think sometimes bad personnel decisions end up with good results, and I think that's what this was, where the Redskins are. You know, there seemed to be something else's hmm. lucked out with what happened. Like, there's no way Ron Rivera could have foreseen what was going to happen with Dunbar um, when they made that decision to trade him, right? Because that was well after that point that they had been traded. Um, so what you're saying is we need Trent Williams to break his leg first game for San Francisco. <laughs> Just a little yes. point. Told you. Yeah, you know? something, something like that. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, based on the way that Dunbar played last year, he deserved to be here. I mean, then he had the stuff where he kind of came out and was like, ah, trade me, whatever. But players do that from time to time when they're unhappy with their contract. I don't think it was an intelligent personnel move or a, uh, you know, a, a, something that Rivera necessarily had foresight into. I just think the Redskins didn't feel like they were going to pay somebody when they're trying to go a little bit younger. You know, I think he's only like 25, 26, but I know he wanted big money and he ended up not getting that either. But I think, I think they kind of lucked into this move to be quite frank with you. All I'm saying is, how stupid can you be? You aim high, Willis. Seriously, fifty-five k, right? To these dudes, and you know, did you guys actually see how they got caught? So the dude mm-hmm. named Coach, right? Coach is their mentor, the dude that they've known all their lives. These the, uh, Dunbar and um, DeAndre Baker. He he was using. He they got caught on a warrant. This this coach guy was the one who paid these. He oversaw the payment of these uh, these individuals for fifty-five k. Um, DMing in Instagram. That's how he got caught. I'm gonna read you exactly what his exactly <laughs> what it says. Listen, listen to this. Got caught electronically transferring some dirty money, dog. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah. So the, I guess the warrant they got a hold of all their social media accounts. I don't know how, but you know, it says I made them same ninjas that said they got robbed. Come in and say them boys ain't having nothing to do with it. He literally put that in his Instagram. Um, and his it was it was under the the handle of uh, CEO of Lockdown Promotions. So <laughs> yeah, he got a company dude. now. He started with fifty five thousand dollars. Look, man, look, this dude's a clown, man. I don't understand how this happened. Like, how do you? Yeah, man, them niggas gave me fifty five thousand dollars. I'm gonna I'm gonna get all their money. Like, I would pay another dude fifty five thousand dollars to knock that dude off. Like, that's, but this that's dude crazy. Yeah, it is. But Steve, this guy that you're talking about was just kind of the intermediary. He wasn't the one that got paid the fifty five thousand. No, no, no. Right? He was he was at the location when it happened. He was called the coach, right? He had nothing to do with it, apparently. He was just there. But uh, okay. Dunbar and Baker used him to funnel the money to the four victims, the fifty five K each. He just he saying. just went spouting on Instagram and in, in direct messages, and that's how he got caught. If he didn't do that, they would have never got caught. They got a cut yeah. now, right? They got a cut Dunbar now, right? They got to. Because you know he went back to the Headquarters, I'm like, nah, man, I told you, I told you, Coach, they was lying. I ain't do none of that stuff. Yeah, he's probably going to have his way with him. He's probably going to be gone. But yeah. so from a legality perspective, let's bring him back. I know we were talking in a chat earlier. I said, do the witnesses get keep, keep the money? But apparently they lied under testimony. So they're probably going to get in trouble, too, now, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. if I follow oh, the story that dude, correct. That coach is dead, dog. 
No, I mean, the the victims are going to get in trouble now, too, because they they recanted their statement. The coach is here, dog. The guy that called coach, they're going to get him. Like, there's no way he gets away with it. Yeah, I guess that's perjury, right? Well, so here's the thing. And and, uh, Sean, you you have much more street knowledge. I think all of us combined. But. The the fact that they no no we didn't say all that but uh, you know the, the fact the fact that they started out with guns and then tried to resort to money is backwards to me from everything I know you know I got some family in the street too in Detroit and I don't think you would go that route number two if they were gonna end up with if that co- something was gonna happen to that coach something would have happened to those witnesses first well, don't you think like instead of like hey no, i got 55k they, they worked it out they worked it out the coach went and messed it up he messed up both them niggas money he messed around with uh dunbar's <laughs> money and the four dudes that got the gun put on the yeah. money and the dude with john's money like they're like you know what forget this noise let's get him <laughs> yeah. number number two how did the cops get his phone and go through that over speeding ticket or something? No, no, but it sounds like he was just posting on Instagram bragging, right? It, it was a, it was a DM, but it was a they were able to get it through a through it. They just called it an explosive search warrant obtained by the Broward County Clerk of Courts. Seeks wow! Access, seeks so access to, them to it said seeks access to iCloud accounts associated with Baker and Dunbar. So they I must have been. Do- so coach must have been DMing both of them dudes. The iCloud. See right. that that was my segue. I was going to say that they must have had Android phones because Apple is. <laughs> Typically pretty locked down, but they got into the iCloud. That's that's crazy. Bro, that took my use, joke away. Use Signal. It's encrypted. You can't get into it. Use Signal for message. It ain't it ain't hard. <laughs> Come on, be smart. Oh, we got crazy <laughs> new advertising for the pod. Brute force to get you in there. You use brute force to get that. Signal, Damn. if you hear that, sign us yeah, up. Give, yeah, give us give us give us a sponsorship. Encrypted messaging, encrypted phone calls. You're good. <laughs> It feels good. It feels good, fellas, to talk about someone who used to be in D.C. and they're no longer here. Typically, we have a lot of personnel drama. We know the drama that's going on with the skins. We ain't going to talk about this pod, but it feels good. We're personnel. It seems like we're locked in. I, I, I appreciate that, man. Hey, before we transition real quick, Dunbar did not have a history that we knew of, of any kind, <laughs> correct? Other than injuries, but nothing Neither, off the field. Nothing. Neither did Marvin Harrison, man, but that dude was killing niggas. So. <laughs> no, he was. <laughs> he was. I mean, I, I... At the car, boss. <laughs> I, I didn't think Bill Cosby did either, man, but he was like, literally... He's getting he's getting out. Getting I his foot popped in No. R. Kelly. I mean, you'd be surprised pretty quick. Nah, R. Kelly had a history. Oh, I'll put it on fucking kids, man. That's what I'm gonna give up. <laughs> yes, no, no problems from Dunbar while he was in DC that I was tracking. I thought he was a, a, a undrafted free agent that fucking transitioned and made the roster and, and did big things. I mean, he yeah. he he put himself in position to get paid. New coach just didn't want to pay him based upon what he saw on tape, which is, I guess, understandable. He got to he got to fill out the roster, and I don't think cornerback is. You know the the last uh, positional piece that we need to be competitive. So I'm, I'm fine with the uh, with the trade. Quite possible, coach came to to the meeting with all the players and was like, "You look like the type of nigga that'll pull a gun on his friends and try to pay him." <laughs> to <the city> <laughs> so I'm gonna cut your ass. Hell to the red wolves. Uh, <laughs> he threw it in there. He was son of a bitch. <laughs> we, we I remember we all thought it was strange though because Dunbar was rated like a 94. Or something like that by Pro Football Focus last year, yeah. and he was like the number two corner in NFL. And we said, "What's going on here?" I just, I don't know. Maybe they had some information. Why had a gun to his head? The NFL coming arenas. Remember, folks, this is you raping girls. This is unscripted. Evidently, this this episode will be named unscripted, and it is surely living up to its name. Thus, I'd be scared to catch on the man. Why don't you catch a ball with a middle? Dunbar pulls guns on niggas. That I ain't catch a shit. He's there, you know. <laughs> right, bring it back. In the way too early uh, depth chart news, I think it's way too early. We're we're close to training camp, but anyways, ESPN uh, is the only one I've seen thus far that has an updated depth chart. And an interesting point from that is perhaps interesting. They had placed Alex Smith as QB two on the depth chart behind Haskins. Now the Redskins website is not updated. I tried to go through a couple of other uh, CBS sports, Fox sports, whatever. I didn't see anything else. So only ESPN. I think. Is any rookies on it? 
There are. It does have the rookies. Gibson or running back or or wide receiver on that. Nah, running backs. They they have him listed as a third. But talking about Alex Smith, we all saw the documentary um a couple months ago. I think it was a couple months ago, but his his leg was torn up bad. If mm-hmm. that dude gets injured again, I don't see how they could save the leg. So how realistic is it for us to right now the tenth of July, which is Still fairly close to the start of an actual NFL season if we start on time, 60 days, give or take. Um, how do you guys see this depth chart playing out at the quarterback position? Do you think Alex actually has a chance to make it up to number two? I know he has a chance to make the 53. I think he'll make the 53 based on salary. I Like, it's – it doesn't yeah. make no, sense. I'm, t- I'm, talking, I'm talking not injured reserve 53. I mean, he's going to count against somebody not making the team. I think it's going to happen. Now, I don't know if he'll play second, but it's quite possible he'll be the third quarterback but still get more snaps in the second if Haskins don't get hurt. I think that's just just dumb. Um, I would only like to see him come in as like a commemorative, maybe one game, like the homecoming game, take a snap, the first snap of the game, and then bounce. Like that man, God bless him. He does not need to play football ever again. Uh, you have you guys seen? You've seen the documentary, right? Yes. You've seen what he's went through. Like he, he does not need to play another snap again. Yeah. And he shouldn't. If the team was smart, they wouldn't let him dress to take away. If they want to really win and really build the team, don't give that roster spot to him. It needs to go to someone who actually needs it. Like, look at the linebacker battle. Look at the D-line battle. Look at the wide receiver battle. Look at the running back battle we're going to have. People are going right. to need those those spots. We're going to need depth on special teams. Um, but if especially he's not injured, what do you do? Well, if he's not injured, then you you probably – maybe he can't he, cut him. No, if, if he's not injured and he's fully healthy and he can play, it's Alex Smith. So you probably have to make him your backup, right? But Kyle yeah. Allen – I mean, it, it's, he's he's playing for peanuts. First of all, he's costing you nothing. You can put him on a practice squad, but someone can sign him away. Right, and at that good. point, you can put him on the fifty-three, but you don't have to dress him. We're going to have three quarterbacks, man. I, it, it really all depends on his health, because because you have basically three people who could potentially be a starting quarterback. I kind of feel like you do, bro. But at one on one other side of it, I feel like why would you do all this fucking work to not play again, to not give it at least a shot? Like, why would you go through all that? Because I'm sure he could have done half that shit and been able to walk, you know? No, nah, man. Because, Look, because it's it's pride, man. That yeah. that's There's nothing else to it. Like, there. Right. first of all, Alex Smith has to be medically cleared. And any doctor that signs off on him playing again, their career is over. His doctor that. said August he'll be ready, man. Yeah, well, his doctor's going to get his license taken away. Because, <laughs> right, Roger, right, if, if he gets hurt on that leg, and again, one of the key things to not getting hurt, um, especially bone issues, is relative to your muscle structure. He has no muscle structure, or at least no organic muscle structure on that leg, right? That's that's muscle from his quad that's not designed to be there. And then, you know, anytime you start intervening with natural human chemistry, it's not going to be as strong as what it was originally. It, it's completely asinine to think that he's going to play again. And uh, uh, I think I, I think the think people around – then he's not going to be on the 53. It, it's, I think he'll be on the 53. I mean, if he's healthy, I don't think they play him. I think he'll. I think they may make him the third-string quarterback and then let him take knee a knee or some shit in a year or some dumb stuff like that. I think that'll happen because they can't cut him. And if he's not on IR, he ha- if he's not injured, he has to agree. Even if he is on IR, he has to agree to IR or they have to injury settle him. They ain't going to injury settle a dude and give him $27 million. They can just cut him and give him this. I yeah. think they're going no, to be He's guaranteed like 20, 23 right. million. Whether, so, they, I mean. <laughs> is there any sort of like buyout that the team could have, like the injury settlement or, or no. nothing? Uh, unless, unless, they're not doing it. His salary, his salary is guaranteed for injury, so it, it doesn't yeah. matter. He, the he, only he, thing out of that, he has to retire for them yeah. to be able to recoup any of that he money. He's not doing that. Never. And even, he and Sean. Even if he comes in for a uh, a kneel down, what happens if that ball gets fumbled on that kneel down? Oh my gosh! You, right? you know, he, you know, there's no there's no safe play in football. You cannot responsibly let. Do you know what kind of backlash our organization would get? Ron Rivera, the whole coaching staff. I mean, millions of people saw that documentary. 
right? And right. they saw how gruesome that leg looked. But I think it's a distraction, man. I think that they all this name change crap, all this stuff about Snyder and all this stuff not giving to charities and shit, which is a whole other topic. The cheerleader incident that happened like a couple years ago. Like, I think that this, him stepping on the field, even if it's to take a knee, and, and if he and if he told the other team, hey, I was supposed to take a knee, this game's out of hand. Either way, if we losing big or winning big, you know what I'm saying? If the other team wouldn't run him. They would just let him take the snap and down it, dog. They wouldn't, like, rush him. That's true. They get paid, too. Even if it's even for that. And right? players, players unless, it's the end of, unless it's at the end of the game. You can't. You cannot rely on that because players get incentive-based contracts where they get sacks, right? Matter. And if a guy takes a knee, the first guy that touches him, right, or the closest guy to him gets a sack, right? You get, you know, all those things matter to players because it's money, right? You you can't. You just cannot definitively say there's going to be a gentleman's agreement that nobody's going to go anywhere near him if he gets on the field. You cannot take that risk because even if it's a 0.01% chance, should that ever come true, this whole organization is done. Yeah. Done. I, I think uh, Alex, I think Alex knows his role. I think this is Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. They're gonna they're gonna be the quarterbacks every week. I think Alex knows his role. He's getting his $21.4 million no matter what. He's not gonna dress at all unless some crazy thing happens at the end of the season, like we just talked about, he takes a knee, but he, he is not going to dress. He's going to be the third quarterback. He's not going to dress. He's not going to be on the 53. He's going to sit back, get his 21-4. He's going to mentor the other two quarterbacks because that's the type of person he is. He's a team Gentleman's player. Bet. Gentleman's bet. What do you, if, does, he does, if he does not take a knee this, by this year, if he does not take a snap this year, I'll get whatever logo we have tattooed. Ooh. <laughs> But if he does, one of y'all got to do it. No, nah, that's that's too much. I have yeah, I have tattoos. I have no tattoos. I'm like the corniest light skinned dude in existence, bro. <laughs> I got a lot of that's tattoos. A, that's a, a, a light skinned nigga's white the passage, ain't it? Like a transplant. <laughs> I, I, I set myself up for that one. Get <laughs> fuck Preston Marshall tattooed on his on his uh, small of his back. <laughs> Yeah, Yo, it's, it's uh, crazy. When we talk about Alex, though, like beyond the the gentleman's agreement to come on the field, I don't, I don't even see how he could make make to just being on the sideline in street clothes like that. He even was. What do you mean? Like make make he that? Was Did he? He was yeah. yeah, he was. I he was at every practice. He was at. Um, I never saw him on the sidelines. No shit. Yeah, uh, he was. He, no, he was in the owner's box for the games. That's what I'm saying. There was, but he was at there every was practice working with the quarterbacks. He, yeah, he was on the sideline for at least one game, really? at least for part of it. Okay. It might have been pregame or something, but I, I believe he was on the sideline at some point last year. I think he was even on the bench talking to Haskett at one point, if I remember correctly. We're going to put him in one of them uh, Pope mobiles, bro. Yeah, but for his <laughs> contract, <laughs> Louis Vuitton's in a glass car. According to SpotTrack for the contract, so the potential out is after this year, going into twenty twenty one. So after this year, he, he gets his for like eight or nine hundred. Yes, he, he gets his seventy one guaranteed. So he's he's got all his guaranteed money. The team can cut him at the end of this season, but they still take a cap hit of ten point eight million. That's not, that's not that's non negotiable. Yeah. Um, and then the next either, year, he'll take a cap hit for $5.4 million for 2022. And then 2023, he's an unrestricted free agent. So there'll be a little bit of dead cap in the next 2021, 2022. But after this year, they could they could be scot-free and go ahead and just bring him on as an executive because we all know it's coming. I, um, and real quick, I, you said you think he understands his role. That documentary made me feel like he has no clue. I, like he still yeah. really believes. And the people around him in his life are not being honest with him about you know and i understand because of the tr the trauma that he went through they want to let him have that hope but he was legit intent and then it was kind of hard to watch him playing with his kids right as a father i think all of us are fathers at some point mm -hmm. and you want to you want to believe that if you were in that position you prioritize your family over that but we also don't know what he went through and how close he came and how much he loves football. So it's hard to speak from that perspective. But I did not walk away from that documentary thinking he understood that he was likely never going to play again. Oh, yeah. He brainwashed himself. He was ready. Right. Yep. I don't want to see it. I, I mean, that documentary made me go buy his jersey because it was inspirational as all hell. Um, 
man, fuck, I bought a Redskins jersey, guys, and it's not going to talk about it. We said we will not talk about it. We will not talk about it. Pass the bottom down. But Steve, you had closed your last comment saying we'd be scot-free once Alex Smith left. So let's <laughs> segue to the actual person that we were scot-free of, and that's Scotty Mack. Uh, he was a GM for 15 and 16 in charge of those two drafts. Um, had some negative history behind him. Uh, I think coming out of Seattle and San Francisco, you know, alcoholism, uh, accusations, whether real or whatever. Um, he seemed to be uh, pretty player friendly. Um, I, I think he had the respect of the players. But overall, for all of the great football acumen that he was said to uh, half and body. Not many good picks out of him. I'm I'm looking at the 15 and 16 drafts, and I want to punch myself in the throat. Um, so, I think my answer negative. That dude was trash for the Redskins. He didn't do jack shit. Um, his players didn't amount to their draft position, and that even includes Brandon Scherf. Um, drafted him to originally be a, a, a tackle, right tackle. Yep. And I think that was the year where the, the Houston Texans came to Richmond to uh, have the joint practices. And it may be not fair. The dude was a rookie, uh, but he's going against J.J. Watt, completely embarrassed, outclassed, could not stand up, moved him inside. We got one Pro Bowl out of him. Uh, we know that Brandon Sheriff is not looking to get extended right now. It uh, looks like the team's just going to let him play out his rookie deal. Um, but aside from that, guys, I'm looking at, 15 and 16. I think the only other bright spot I would say, and unfortunately his career ended with um, injury, would be Kaishan Jarrett. I, maybe I was just uh, up on the hype of him, but he to be a six-rounder, he was a pretty good free safety. And then Kendall Fuller. I, I think those are the only two dudes I can say out of the 15 and 16 drafts. drafts. I know some undrafted free agents were signed, but for me, I'm going to say Scotty Mack was a negative in D.C., what say you? So real quick, funny story. Kaishan Jarrett came up to me at training camp last year to come say hello. And I had no idea who he was because uh, he's a small dude. Like when you see him, in per I'm sure he's probably bigger when he was playing. He is a tiny dude. Um, but I just I completely just him because I had no idea who he was. 5'10", 200 pounds. El yeah, he's not anymore. Ellie, who are you, bro? Where people come up to you <laughs> to say what's up. Like this is – He's Bruce Wayne. I did. I did an interview. I did an interview with Redskins Nation that same day, but that's a different conversation. Anyway, listen. Um, that's the new topic. Who is Ellie? <laughs> You'll never know. Pod number, pod number seven. Oh, and hold up. Let me shout out some people real quick too. Uh, Cody Jones in the group and Jeff Hama. They always got my back when I post up in there. But anyway, um, suck up, Scott. Yeah, yeah, right. What's up, people? Scott McLuhan, I think, was one of those people that sounded really good talking about football in a time where we were starved for football intelligent people in dc and the moves that he made were quote unquote smart moves at the time and then you look back like you said rod it's like well what did we get out of that i mean what did we really mirrors. get from yeah it just, many, i mean it was kind of smoke and mirrors two years was he at washington two uh, no, it was three, right? No, was he, it two? They, they fired him March 11th, 2017, like a couple so weeks before the draft. 15, 16. Three, oh, three years. Two straight winning seasons, though. How many times have we done that since? Man, you are not about to say that shit. I'm just saying, man. I mean, <laughs> Hell you no. Play, you play to win the game, right? Is that what Herm said? You play to win the game. But the only I mean, you can, the we, only can have, we can have great players out there drafted and not win shit. I mean, the Browns do it every year. I, kinda, I mean, they draft good players every year. There's going to be great, solid players. They they trade for Odell Beckham. Ain't winning shit. They got they drafted right after we did around there, man. They got the same amount of wins we got. So here's I how mean, I look I, at it. Here's how I look at it. I, I say negative. Start off is a, a net negative because I'm looking at his his two years of draft picks. Yeah. Brandon Sheriff, Preston Smith, Matt Jones, Jamison Crowder. The rest, Quanjo, Spate, Jarrett, okay. Mitchell, Spencer, Ryder, 
16, Josh Doxon, Sua Cravens. Do I need to go any further? Kendall right. Fuller. Okay, Matt Ioannidis. I think he's the Matt. best draft okay. pick out of both years, hands down. Nate Sudfeld, who I personally liked, I think I wish, I wish he would have kept him as a backup. And then two other guys who I've never – Keith Marshall. Remember that? Remember the Bryce Love 1.0? That was Keith Marshall. Um, yeah, yeah, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. but check out so I, did also, I also looked at his free agents so don't forget it's not just about draft picks it's also mm-hmm. about free agency so in um, in the Scott McLuhan era in 2015 Stephen Paya Ricky Jean-Francois who was a great locker room guy um, Terrence Knighton Chris Culliver, Deshaun Golson, Jerron Johnson 2016 Vernon Davis who I really love Josh Norman, Kendall Reyes, Greg Toller, David Brunton. So look at the draft picks. Look at the free agency. Net negative. Now, we won those two years. Though. I get, you, I give it to you. What? We were 8-7-1 and one and, and then, what, 9-7? and seven? I'm going to do some good things. My agent didn't intercept the ball. Right. And the draft is hard, right? So the draft, what's the percentages of your draft picks actually hitting? I think I read an article a couple of years ago. It's very small, right? Even first round picks, the first round picks of actually being successful. It's not as high as you think. The draft is hard, but our team was just so dysfunctional. And like Ellie said, yeah. we were thirsty for GM. We hadn't had a GM since Charlie Cassidy, and that was 1999. We had Vinny Serrato, but we all know about Vinny Serrato, right? We had not had a bonafide GM and we thought mm-hmm. Snyder turned everything over to Scott McLuhan and we thought that it's a new era for us we had he was on the field after every game shaking hands being with the players like we thought it was it was it was it so I think his I'm not gonna say his reputation preceded him but um, if you go back and look at his other picks though at the other teams he had some crazy good draft picks um, from previous teams. I'm talking like, look at the Seattle team. So Okung, uh, Earl Campbell, like you can, you can go to Alex Smith, uh, Michael Crabtree. Yeah. But you, he had a lot of good picks at, um, historically, but I, I don't know. Net negative for me. Why the fuck did he oh. do that in DC then? Was he on the stall? Well, so maybe no, he didn't have leverage. Ask- maybe he didn't have, no, let, let me, let me answer this. And he didn't draft Earl Campbell. He drafted Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, way, right? Right. Earl, 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 <laughs> what am I talking about? Earl Thomas. So, okay, so here's your Sherman. And I'm not, I, I can't let you have the excuse or give him the pass of the draft is hard because what was he doing before he came to the Redskins? He was running a draft service on his own, right? Where he was doing scouting and he was consulting NFL teams about draft picks. Like all the NFL teams were using his service. So he should have been better prepared for the draft. If you're going to make your name in that business, you can't say the draft is hard and I kind of screwed up. Number two, to Sean's point about the winning season, we weren't winning because of the players that he brought in. We were winning because we had uh, Cousins, we had uh, which was drafted by Shanahan. We had Jordan Reed, who was drafted, I think, uh, under Shanahan, too, maybe, or was that the early part of Jay Gruden? I forget. Um, you know, yeah, so the, the impact – the he was, but the impact players that we were winning with at that point in time – came from the Shanahan slash Gruden era. So it's hard to credit yeah. that too. It's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, presidents when they come into office, whatever happens that first year is really more about the prior administration than it is about the administration that's currently in place. It's just the way it goes. Um, I think for McLuhan, um, you know, we, we have to look at this like this. He was brought in here to turn this organization around, but the thing that he, failed to do fundamentally was connect with the coach. Him and Jay Gruden bumped heads constantly. Jay Gruden didn't like anything that he was doing in the draft. Jay Gruden overrode him on some of those draft decisions too. Don't forget that. I know you guys remember hearing about that. I can't remember which ones it was. And I think they ended up being trash. But like they they never had any chemistry whatsoever to work with together. And I think that kind of doomed that whole thing too. And then Bruce Allen was over there in the corner making up stories about him being drunk at work. I mean, I don't know if they were true or not, but that was that kind of whole thing. Um, Dysfunctionality. You know, yeah, it just – and he was a part of it. And, you know, he tried to kind of play this high role or high road, you know, role in the media. But I'm sorry, if you're the GM, it's your job to be able to work with the head coach to make things work, right? And you got to work with the team president to make things work. And I know Bruce still felt like he was the GM himself, but – 
you know, we got to grade you on, we can't grade you on a curve. We got to grade you on the results. So and I think he was a so Here's a question. Do you think that there was still undue influence left over from Bruce mm-hmm. and Dan, even, even for the 2016 and 2017 seasons, particularly drafts and free agency? Like now free agency, I will say that's all Scott. If you notice who he brought in for free agency, they were all former players for the 49ers and Raiders and, and the Bucks. Like he, he, he almost drafted every one of those people that he brought in, which is crazy, but you know, it's expected. It's the NFL. Do you think there were still undue influence in the draft picks though? Like he did not get the people that he thought he should have. Did he have full autonomy in those two drafts? I think the first year um, he had a lot of influence over the draft. And I think after that, I think, Jay Gruden and Bruce both kind of were like, you know, going to Dan about whatever. But, you know, so maybe not so much the second year, but I think that first year, absolutely. Um, He was a very powerful voice in that draft room. Matt Jones. Fuck. You you remember what he said? He's a football player. He said he was the beast mode 2.0. Thank you, because that's exactly what came out of Scott McLuhan's mouth and nobody else. And that's because he had dreads. That was one of the picks that McLuhan and Jay Gruden bumped heads over, if I'm not mistaken, because I think um, or maybe not the pick itself, which I do believe they bumped heads over. But who else was there that year that was going to start at running back? And I think Gruden wanted the other guy to play. And McLuhan wanted. Was it P. Ryan? It might have been Gruden wanted maybe P. Ryan and McLuhan was like, no, Matt Jones is going to play. And that that was part of what got into that rift between those two. Um, and, was and Matt, there. Drew, Jay Gruden hated Alfred Morris. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the leading rusher that year, though, in 15. Was it ever yeah. Royster, maybe? No, he was no. – that was earlier. He was from Nebraska. Yeah. I liked him. <laughs> no, yeah, Evan Royster was from Penn State. Roy Hill was Penn State, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, no, it was um, – but, yeah. But Matt Jones was a complete miss, and – he wasn't healthy in college. I think that was one of the reasons why, you know, he fell. Well, I mean, he was terrible too, but like he had knee issues at Florida. Um, he had knee issues here. He could not hold on to the ball to save his life. I mean, he was just not dynamic. He was a better receiving running back than he was a running running back, which is crazy because he was like 200 and like what, 30 pounds or yeah. 225, something like that. But, here were the backs from that draft. It was uh, Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Jay Ajayi, Tevin Coleman, Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah feels sounds like a Jay Gruden guy because he liked uh mm-hmm. who's a scat bag out of uh Cincinnati? I have to, the name to keep escaping. Uh Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard. TJ Yeldon, who I like, Duke Johnson, Mike, Mike, uh, Dave, uh, David Cobb, Mike Davis, and David, David Johnson, and the rest are a bunch of no names. And then Matt Jones ranked number 14. Um, nobody else on that list is worth even discussing. So probably one of those dudes. I think they were thinking that Matt Jones was better because I think it was in Florida. He had those both those knees done, so he didn't really do what he was supposed to do in Florida. So they all thought that he would probably be a higher end on that list had he not had been injured or something. Matt Jones was the heaviest running back in that draft at 231, believe it or not. Yeah. The heaviest. He, you know, I remember when they were rolling those highlights. Of, and this is what I hate about running backs. 6'2". They were rolling the highlights of him after we drafted him. And it was like the guy was just trucking guys. But it was an opportunities where he could go around guys and score touchdowns. But he chose that too. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? This is why you're hurt. And we're not going to get into this today, but that's exactly what I saw with Darius Geis out of LSU. And you saw that against Carolina. If you go back and watch that game, there was one of those plays where he hit that guy on the sideline. He could have just went around him for a touchdown. But that's for another pod. Phil's not here. We're not going to get into that. But I feel like miserable. That's like a six-two, two-thirty. That's a big dude. Mm-hmm. That's like a, what's his name off Jacksonville? Leonard Fournette. That's a yeah. big dude. What is Leonard Fournette? Leonard six oh two twenty-eight. So they're actually pretty close in measurements. Yo, I am yeah. I am insulted right now. I'm looking at Matt Jones' Twitter fucking page. He has the audacity to have a photo up talking about iron sharpens iron. Former Gator and NFL running back Matt Jones and former four-star running back Andrew Cunningham putting in that off-season work together, <laughs> keeping Andrew in top condition. I am insulted, guys. Oh, that man. is horrible. I'm, I want I want to respond to him, but I'm going to be a better man. But God damn, mm. that is crazy. 
<laughs> yeah. So, McLuhan. All right. Odd man out. <laughs> I think we all we all feel each other. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's trash. He's trash. Before we go to the odd man out, uh, quick breaking news. Like, literally broke the past uh, 20 minutes. It's not in our scheduled topic discussions, but damn, fellas, what? I don't know if we're going to have a football season because what? the owner of the Arizona Cardinals is in the hospital for COVID-19. He's a patient. Oh, I just saw that pop up. Michael Rhode, Bidwell. Rhode yeah. Island, I believe. Like, that's that's huge, man. Um, we don't – I we, we really don't have to talk about it, but fuck, man. Like, damn. <laughs> Arizona, though, if you notice, they're one of the top three in the country. It's Florida, Arizona. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like Florida, Texas, Arizona, California. So it's, it's blowing it's to up. Be expected. They, they don't care. So here, here's what we got to like. And, you know, pray, pray that he gets better because I think if he doesn't, then that has a much starker impact on the season. Um, the bid that that family just lost somebody recently too in that ownership group, didn't I? If I'm not mistaken, uh, within the last couple of years, but uh, it, I don't think it means that much, um, quite honestly. Um, at this point, you know, it, 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 as long as he recovers, right, and he kind of isolates for two weeks. Now, the fact that he's in the hospital is not the best of all signs, but if he if he's able to come back okay, and I think people start to take this a little bit more seriously, I think we'll still be okay. The NFL is, is such a money-based business um, that it's going to take a lot to shut this down. Um, and I think, you know, as long as players maintain um, their safety, and, and if this was a player and we were already in camp, it'd be a lot bigger deal. But they, the owner's not really around day-to-day anyway, um, so I don't think that really weighs as much on the season outcome. As yeah, much it, as it does. Yeah, he's 55 years old. You know he's apparently been traveling on the East Coast the past several weeks, so he thinks he got it there. And at least it's it's not looking like his condition is, is really dire. He's a billionaire. So he says he was uh, hospitalized for precautionary reasons. So, Hey, Dan's been on his yacht in France, so you never know. But anything's possible, right? I mean, Sean <laughs> thinks Steven Montez is going to be the 2020 MVP on the four-string quarterback. So anything's possible, right? <laughs> Montez is, Montez is hard. <laughs> Y'all tripping on my guy, man. All right. Sorry, sorry to throw that in there on you guys. See Montez hey. play, man. You think I'm joking? I want to see him play. He's we, he's crazy. Right. He, well, he won't now. There's no preseason. You'll never hear about that guy. <laughs> hey, he might be the cold, uh, cold Brennan of preseason. Hey. Hey, well, isn't, I mean, isn't maybe the CBA like a, a, a larger roster? Can't they carry like fifty-eight now or some shit? I think it, this might be the way to sneak him on practice squad. I think he's. I think he should have been drafted personally, but I think this is the way they keep on the practice squad. Uh, squad, it might be a gift. That third spot going to Alex Smith, bro. I don't think the roster size expanded to fifty-eight or this 55. year. Five, yeah. I think that's like one or two. Yeah. Yeah, I think they don't expand that way until they get to the 17th game, which is next year. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be wrong. So yeah, it's, it's weird. So I'm reading it. it. says the new rules allow teams to automatically promote up to two practice squad players per week to the 53-man roster, increasing to either 54 or 55. But I guess it's saying that, okay, 20 and 21, there'll be 65-player jobs per team. And then 2022 moves to 67. So nah, non-story, fuck off. All right, we good. Ah, odd man out. Odd so man hold on, if you're going to be a professional uh, podcasting team, next time you need to let us know in advance so we can at least cue you. No, it's. It's. <laughs> I told you this is unscripted. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Coming to you live from Kansas City. <laughs> That was, that was beautiful. I love it. I love it. Breaking news <laughs> on the pod. Feeling special? Not really. Odd man out on the defensive line. So we were talking about this earlier. Uh, 
moving from obviously a three four to a four three, things are going to be a little bit different up front. So, who starts? Who's a reserve uh, for that defensive line? Now, you guys were saying that you, well, not you guys, uh, but a couple of couple of you guys were saying that uh, Initis and Payne, you think are the best defensive linemen that we have. Um, I think it's maybe Allen and Ionitis, or maybe Allen and Payne. Um, but looking at ESPN, they're saying that Allen and Payne will be the, the starting yep. fat boys uh, with Kerrigan starting as a linebacker and then Chase Young starting opposite him. I don't believe in that either. Um, but who's the odd man out when it comes time to start the season and you send out that, that first uh, magnificent front of four downed linemen? Who's sitting out? Who's starting, guys? I mean, just first off, we're just talking about <clears throat> the D-line in a 4-3. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the way ESPN has it set up. Ryan Kerrigan at left end, Jonathan Allen left defensive tackle, Deron Payne right defensive tackle, Chase Young at right defensive end. With uh, Montez Sweat backing up Kerrigan, and then uh, Matt Ioannidis backing up Allen, and Caleb Brantley backing up Payne. Although I would like to see more Tim Settle because I think Tim Settle came on pretty good towards the end of the year when he started getting some more burn. I don't know who James Smith was. This. I honestly, I, I have no idea who that person is. Um, and then Nate Orchard also listed as third on the depth chart. I don't know if there's necessarily an odd man out. This is a great problem to have, and I'm glad we're talking about it because this is a great problem. How many times have we said, man, we have too much talent at one position? I can't remember the last time we actually said we had too much talent at one spot. So, RG3 uh, and uh, Kirk Cousins? Yeah. <laughs> That'll, that'll do it when, you're, when your owner drafts a quarterback and your coach drafts a quarterback three rounds later. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's good the way it is. I mean, <clears throat> on Allen and Payne, yeah, they're first-round picks. Like, like Ellie said earlier, Ionitis is locked up for a few years. So um, I think this is a great problem. We have so much depth. I, I think the D, the front seven, specifically the front four, is going to be the focal point for the defense, and it'll make up for the lack of – linebacker talent we have i know we're, we're betting on reuben foster and old man thomas davis at 34 and john bostick and sean Dion hamilton but i think the front four will save their asses and i think they will save the cornerbacks as well because outside of kendall fuller we don't really have jimmy moreland was just really just a preseason guy so that's my take ellie i think um when we're talking about odd man out, though, I think it's it's both like in the present and long term. Um, I, me personally, I like Deron Payne the best on the D line. I think he's the best playmaker. I don't see how you put Sweat behind Kerrigan because I think Sweat is much better against the run. I think that was kind of his calling card last year until the end of the year. He started getting some sacks. So you know, you're talking about taking him out of uh, the lineup during rundowns, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I think Kerrigan. Yeah, is going to be the backup. Should be um, at that demon spot. Uh, he should be. Yeah, I mean, I like Jonathan Allen too. He's incredibly smart as a player. And Rod, you kind of corrected some things and said he actually does make more plays. I think we give him credit for on the field. Um, Ionitis just always seems to find a way into the backfield, though. You know, um, or at least it feels Even that way. Or he's stuck hands. He still found like a that. way to I, get I into really that backfield like, with a damn major cast on his wrist. Right. I'd like to do account for something. Right. I like to do. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know when I when I look at them, I see Allen being the better player. But I, it's it's close. It's also close, man. Like I think it's thirty four starts for Allen, thirty six for Ionitis, or vice versa. You know, and Ionitis has another season under the belt, so he's got like fifty four appearances. I like them both. I think if I had to choose between Allen and Ionitis, I might keep Allen. I don't know. Well, and here's the thing, like, we got young guys who are going to need new contracts, right? Because we, for the first time in a long time, we're going to have guys getting to second contracts, right? So, like, Terry McLuhan's going to need a new deal in, what, two, two and a half years, three years, something like that. Um, Haskins, if he works out, is going to need a major deal. Chase Young's going to need quarterback money. Um, you know, the rest of the D linemen are also going to need new deals. Um at some point, we're going to have to upgrade our linebackers and we're going to have to upgrade our free safety spot no. because I don't think Sean Davis is going to do it. Not to get to the entire roster conversation, but my point is 
we're going to have players that are going to really be big contracts and it's got to come from somewhere. And so you're not going to cut a bargain guy like Ioannidis who's only making seven mil a year. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to have to be one of our higher priced guys and you're going to live with Tim Settle back in them or taking their spot in the rotation. Um, you know, that excludes guys like Andy Golden who are fourth round picks. So they have shorter term deals, right? Cause there's no like fifth year option and stuff like that. Um, you know, guys like Kelvin Harmon, if he works out, um, who aren't going to command insane money, but they're going to count, you know, money that counts against the captain that matters. So you're going to have to choose between one of your top, your top flight D-line players, uh, and you're not letting Chase Young go. Um, and like I said, INS is on a budget deal. So I, I don't I don't know what Deron Payne is viewed as outside of our organization. We like him a lot, but do people on the outside also see it that way, right? I don't know. So it's going to come down to money. I think Allen's going to be the guy because of the pedigree that's going to be the one that's going to command the most money and therefore be the one. I think comes off the bench, but I don't think he should. Um, because he's, I think he's proven he's more productive. He doesn't get injured as much. Allen, I seen, it seems to me he always misses games every year. Um, again, I think they'll all be playing, so it doesn't matter in the end. But as far as starting lineups, I think Sweat starts one end. I think Young starts the other end. I think it's Matt, and I think that it's Payne. That's what, that's what I want. But, again, I, I think Allen does start, and I think Payne starts. I think it's Allen and Payne that start. But I wish that Matt – I think Matt was very deserving. It's a good problem to have. I don't think Kerrigan starts at a defensive end. I think he starts at strong side linebacker and plays more defensive end. I just, I think that's – because they, I think they're going to want to get Sweat, Young, and Kerrigan on the field at the same time starting. I think they want that. I think they want to see what they can do with that. Might not work out end of the year, uh, you know, Anderson or someone else will be starting there. But For me, I don't think he starts. For me, if I'm if I'm making the switch, I I think how ESPN has it set up is fine. But I honestly would move Chase Young to the left defensive end position and let him go against a right tackle. Oh, he would kill. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, so here's the thing: like we've watched Kerrigan and he's put up good numbers, but Kerrigan throughout his career, for me at least, he's been one to disappear for a couple of weeks playing against that right tackle, and then he'll have a fucking huge game where he gets three sacks. He's doing the Shawn Michaels fucking flex and pose, and then everything's mm-hmm. good. You love the heartbreak kid. He's not getting, he's one move. He's not getting that on the left side. Perhaps. But, yeah, it's he doesn't have moves. It's just he's going against the inferior offensive tackle week to week. He's He yeah. puts up numbers. Are they hollow? I don't know, but I'm, I almost durable, would though. say he's durable. he's durable for sure. But with that, like, dude, I would put Kerrigan on the against the left tackle, put him as a right defensive end if you're going to have him start or sweat because that's where sweat was last year anyway. Let Kerrigan be a reserve guy, and then now we're talking about a potential good problem to have. We have someone who's been the starter for the past seven, eight years. He could do both sides. He could he fill could do, either he, one. He could flow around both sides. He was. He came exactly. to us from Purdue with, mm-hmm. you know, supposedly having more talent, putting his hand in the dirt. Let him yeah, fool around, but keep Chase Young, man. Let him rip up that right tackle week after week after week. Get the get the double teams, get the running back, fullback, whatever, having trying to chip off on him, and then you have all those other talented guys that we were just talking about: Allen, Ionitis, Payne, Sweat, Kerrigan, all around the ball to make plays up front. So that would be my switch. The odd man out wouldn't necessarily uh, be a player coming off the bench. For me, it was just odd roster positioning. I'd flip it, man. I don't I don't think you can put – like you, if you have two speed rushers on the edge, you put them on the field right. together. I mean, they can't help both spots. You know what I'm saying? But if you put Kerrigan on there, now you don't have to even think about helping Kerrigan when he's on the field so you can go – and uh, double Chase Young all the time. I think that what scares me about putting Chase Young against the right tackle is that he's more open to cut blocks at that point, right, with bats coming over the chip, like you said, or pickup and pass protection. And I do not want to see anything happen to that guy's knees whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would rather a long guy like Montez Sweat be against, you know, right tackles where he's going to use his speed and kind of have a spin move or whatever he's got going on. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, between him and Chase Young, you bastard. <laughs> I think Swift, I think Swift's gonna be an alpha this year, man. Pro Bowler. Hey, he doesn't have to worry about pass coverage. I think it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a Pro Bowler. Okay. Greg calling it, man. Pass coverage scheme for the linebackers. Ah, oh, drove me crazy. So, but Ellie, so Ellie, when you're talking about having the two yes. speed guys, Sweat and, and Young, on the field, then. Where does Kerrigan even fit in? Is is he a trade prospect this offseason? With this, I don't. I mean, he, he doesn't fit in other than legacy to me. I mean, at this point, like you said, you put it out very well. Like his impact on the field is basically garbage time stuff, right? Or you know, he's kind of the garbage stuff that other people create, and that's that is what it is. Um, in terms of playing in space, like uh, you said, Sean, could you imagine him in the open field against Saquon Barkley? You know, at, at strong side linebacker, I'll pass. I, just put a real linebacker there. You know what I'm saying? Not a DN posing as a linebacker. You have the guys on the roster. Just do it. Put SDH out there. They're going to put him out there, and then yeah. they're going to take him out. So, before every game. they're gonna. I'm telling you, they're going to put him up. He's going <laughs> to – when you look at the little card they have to turn in at the beginning of the game with the depth chart or whatever, he's going to be listed as a starter somewhere, man. I'm telling you it's going to happen. And then, so that right. might not mean he's going to play a lot there, but he's going to be listed. Kerrigan got all his guaranteed money. We could technically cut him this year for three and just take a cap hit of three point two million. Because right now he's getting thirteen eight. Next year he's getting eleven six, and then twenty twenty one. I'm sorry, last year he got thirteen eight. This year he's making eleven point six eight million dollars. We could cut him with no cap. We could be just completely scot free. So that's why he's been, he's been such a candidate for a restructure. If he was smart, they would do a restructure, the three year restructure deal. That'll take him till thirty four. He can be a backup this year, last three years, and just be done. Not I'm not saying that that's what he wants to do, but eleven point seven million dollars for Ryan Kerrigan at age thirty two this year. That's pretty steep. It is, and don't you think Kerrigan at this point in his career wants to play for? I think he does. I don't think he does. I think I think he wants to be the Redskins' all-time sack leader before he goes yeah, anywhere. Right. How close I think is the he Redskins want him to be their all-time sack leader before he leaves, which is why I think they're going to start him because they got so much going on. Man, it's a good, it's a good feel-good story, man. It's not a lot of good stories they're projected, anyways, to have. It's oh, like you know what? Young guys. He's one. Well, Dexter Manley has ninety-one. Ryan Kerrigan has ninety. Charles Mann, nine, uh, 82. He's gonna get. He's gonna get more than one sack next year. So he's gonna get. Two, he's, gonna get he's a thirty-two-year-old guy who's made a bunch of Pro Bowls. He can still. Yeah, play. Dexter Manley did it in one hundred twenty-five games. Ryan Kerrigan got his ninety in one hundred forty games. We so, garbage. Charles hey, Mann, got it. Charles Mann, one sixty-three in eighty-two games or eighty one sixty-three games for eighty-two sacks. So. You know, I'll be glad. I'll be glad when we get to the point where we stop being that feel good story team, right? Because feel good stories fill the scrapbooks of bad teams. We don't. We don't want to be that anymore. Here, right with uh, Ron Rivera, Julius Peppers, right? Julius Peppers is was mm-hmm. with the Panthers. A lot of they good things. They back. moved on from him. I don't see why we can't move on from Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, Pepper started too. You know, it's crazy, you know, so, uh, Steve, we probably pulled up the same football database. As much as we hate it, Brian Arakbo, number six, number six, 71 games, 40, 40 sacks. I get it, but that's almost half. It's yeah. literally half of what Kerrigan got. Yeah. I mean, 80 to 90, whatever, and, you know, double the games. And we fucking hate it, Brian Arakbo. Hated yeah. him, wanted him gone so badly. I Mr. don't know Pickett. why this fan base. Dude, I don't know why. Yeah, the peck injuries. But I'm other than Kerrigan's durability, I don't know why this fan base put up with that dude for so long. I fucking hate Ryan Kerrigan, man. And I'll probably have people want to look me down and, and fight me, challenge me to a duel. I don't like that dude, man. I just like Ellie said, he's a fucking garbage time performer. He comes in in spurts. He gets his couple Wait of sacks. Wait a minute, you think gonna challenge you to a duel? Probably. There's a lot Hamilton of dudes. Or something? Dude, hey, I didn't watch Hamilton, but I heard it's pretty good. Everyone, anytime I ever say anything about Kerrigan, like on Twitter or something, like the, the people come out and say, like, I'm fucking crazy. I'm an idiot. I'm a jerk. There's no way I, I should be saying that. He's a great Redskin. Yeah, like statistically, sure. You're right behind Dexter Manley for all-time sacks. But other than that, it, dude, if we could cut him and move on and have a cap hit of three million, cut him. Cold blood. I think, 
I think Jonathan Allen is 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 in is following his footsteps as being the, like the next golden child of the defense. Hey, I like if that you, guy. Don't talk bad about Allen. I think that's his is his path. That's just me pushing. <laughs> He's number twenty seven on the on the list. I mean, hey, just like mean people that child? perceive him as like he's a redskin. He's he doesn't say anything. He 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 gets the C on his chest. He shows up every day. He's all about business and he supports the team. I, I think he's good, bad, and different. I think Allen is that exact same way as as a uh, carry. See, I don't, I don't think so. I don't I don't think Allen is really a uh, a big dealing the Redskin circles to fans. At least that's my perception. Um, the difference is when Kerrigan was that, he was one of our better players statistically uh, in an era where we didn't have a lot of good players. But now we have a quarterback. We have McLaurin. McLaurin's that guy. And I know you're talking about defense, but I think McLaurin's that guy on offense. Um, you know, we got Chase Young. Right, Chase Young's going to be that guy on defense on all levels. I think he's replaceable in that respect. Where with Ryan Kerrigan, there was nobody else that you even right. would look to like that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I think I think we could get past that. One more season, one more game. Let that motherfucker get one and a half sacks and move on, dude. <laughs> Man, I mean, uh, all some, all some crazy stuff that happened where he has like twenty or some crazy shit. Then what? Like. <laughs> Won't happen. There's no way. It's, yeah. it's wild though, dude. Like when you when you he's look never at had another guy, he's never had another guy as a pro bowl on the other side. That, like it's an actual legit. I know Rock Poe made a few in there, but you weren't really scared of a Rock Poe, man. He was like, ah, he might get us. But just if, if that guy young is as good as advertised, man, you know you, you have to put a one guy on Kerrigan. Might be all right. But you might as well. I know you're gonna get more from Sweat. Like if you can get something from Kerrigan, you get more from Sweat, so it don't make sense. Like, you know, I, you can't, I can't tell you how many times I watch the Redskins game, and the quarterback stumble in the pocket, and then Kerrigan just lays on top of him, and he comes out and does a little Shawn Michaels flex mode thing. It might be Sweat and Kerrigan starting because there's not a preseason. There's a limited training camp. You gotta let you. Know, you gotta let Chase you know, because, like Ellie Absolutely said, they're not. they're two fast guys and they're 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 really good pass rushers. You gotta account for them. Like no one really is gonna count for Ryan Kerrigan, right? He's good. He gets his numbers, but no one really is like, oh man, we got a game plan around Ryan Kerrigan. Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I guarantee they're gonna be they're gonna be game planning around Chase Young. They're gonna be chipping him. They're gonna be doubling him. And and if Montez keeps up his his talent from last year, you know what? Then he's gonna eat. One of them are gonna eat this year, if not both. Can't account for everybody. Yep. This is it's wild, man. It's yeah. it's fucking mind blowing. Like looking at the NFL active sack leaders, Kerrigan's number seven right now for active players. Suggs, six, Miller, Wake, Chandler yeah, Jones, JJ Watt, Clay Matthews, and Kerrigan. It just but it's just hollow to me, man. I I, I hate sometimes numbers do lie, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what no, people they say. They lie. They fucking lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers never lie, guys. I don't like you. And the difference is with the rest of those guys on that list, they all are winners. They're winners. I think by and large, the majority of those guys have been in the playoff multiple times. And you game plan for them as – as, uh, I count J.J. Watt as a loser. Maybe it's just me. That motherfucker ain't won shit. They got a first round ever? Oh, damn. I felt that in my chest. I'm just saying. I mean, he, he's badass. I take Watt – they were playing for nothing last year, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, and they lost. Better than us, though. Better than us, because we ain't even fucking sniff it. And they lost. That's what I'm Damn. trying to say. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, what yeah. do you really do? Make a lot of money. Well, but that's 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 a fault of their coach being their GM too. I mean, he screwed those guys up so many times. They have no running game whatsoever. Because he keeps trading for piece of crap running backs or trading away. Their secondary is trash. You know, JJ Watt is the only reason oh, he's that they're ass. relevant on defense to begin with. So, they lose a lot. Yeah. In the play in the postseason, regular season, I think they're like ten and six every year, eleven and four or something like that. Oh, well, he can move on. Fuck that guy. I think that's it, though, guys. I mean. I think we have literally beat the horse to death. I have beat Kerrigan to death. Um, any closing comments, parting shots from the gallery? 
going once, going twice. Oh, uh, Hamilton, watch it. It's pretty good. What's it about? Hamilton. All right, I'll look it up. Yeah, I've seen people talk about it's. It's a play that's like on the Netflix or some shit now, right? Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty awesome, man. They got a lot of good songs in it. A lot of it's pretty revolutionary if you like theater or music or anything like that. It, it gets a whole different feeling you felt when you watch something like that. It's pretty nice. So if you got wife, kids, or you know, uh, I don't care if you're gay or not, watch it. <laughs> that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a. I- I'm gonna give some more shout outs. Aaron Sure. Mr. Marshall. Uh let's see. Marvin Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? Who else usually rocks with me on this uh thread here? Demar Daisy, constantly posting stuff. He's a funny dude. Uh you know, there's a lot of you out there. Lamar Bland. Listen to the podcast though, for real. Definitely. Man. <laughs> and I'll give I'll give a parting shout to our fellow uh, across the pond, uh, Andy with his uh Redskins tweet team podcast. He had some pretty cool guests on today. Um, I think he had Doc Walker, and uh, I'm not sure who else he might have had. I haven't listened to his pod yet, but he's doing big things. He's uh, he had, he had Doc and Al Galdi. And Al Galdi, wow! I like Al Galdi, man. Spread the like wealth, it. bro. I know, Andy. What's up, dog? Can can you send him one of our send him our way? Okay, okay. But now, fellas, as Brian always, Mitchell. Brian Mitchell, I'll Good fight time, with man. that dude on fucking air, probably, man. Man, you remember when he called it? Who did he call the radio I, in on that day? I don't know. He was Stephen A. Smith, wasn't it? You remember when him and Clint Portis got into it on the radio about who's pocket keeper? <laughs> I'm uh, no, I, I don't like a lot of Redskins players, man. I don't know what the fuck's going on with me, but I don't know. Brian, man. yo, he Brian rubbed you like Brian 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 for some some reason, man. Like he just, I don't know, man. Like I heard a story about him um, from one like a fellow friend that I have, and maybe that is sort of cloud in my judgment, but he just seems like a straight-up douchebag, man. I don't know. That day was funny as hell. I just like him because he's not all... He's a homer, but he's not like... He's not... Yeah, I'll take that. I'll I'll give him that. He's objective. He'll call people out. He's a can man. Anyone can get it. He is, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and he was that way in real life as a player. Did he play quarterback a couple times? In college, quarterback. Well, yeah, I do that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. mighty bad. By the way, Brian Mitchell should be in the Hall of Fame, man. That's some bullshit. I mean, I won't promote that today. Brian Mitchell should be in the Hall of Fame, man. That's why I don't like the dude. Yeah. What has he done <laughs> other than other than yo, this pod's gonna fucking keep rolling, man. Let's let's go. Black kickoff return is lives matter. Yo, but that's it. That's all he's done, and I get it. All, different, different all purpose yardage. Yardage. Oh, oh man. Come on, man. Yeah, nah. He all-purpose yardage leader, I think, in the NFL all the time. Yeah, Hester's he he only got a pass, but he should be in the whole thing, too. Man, come on, man. Rod, he was he was legit. Like, and key for those Super Bowl teams, he was also – uh, you know, he third down running back. Come he's on, still, emergency quarterback. Phil Rex. This guy, he's a, 20. Who? Yeah. Oh. Clearly, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I must be drunk right now. I ain't drink shit. Combined, combined kickoff and punt yards, combined <laughs> kickoff and punt returns, <laughs> kickoff and yards, kickoff returns, yeah. punt return yards, punt returns. He's Fair a special teams, bro. Postseason records. Yeah, I'm gonna edit this part out. We ain't even gonna hear this shit on the pod. I'm done with it. <laughs> he had he had 118, 118 games with over a hundred yards. That's crazy. hundred and eighteen yeah. games. Fifteen games with over two hundred. Yo, I don't I don't know, man. Like I don't know if it was just him leaving the Redskins and then going to like like division foes or whatever. Maybe yeah, that's maybe that's what's like kills me about him. But like I just I don't think he I don't think he wanted to leave, man. He talked about that one time too. I forgot what he said. I don't think he it was like a I think they were undervaluing him pretty much. Yo, there were thirty one other teams. Thirty yep. fucking twenty eight. I can't do the math right now. Twenty eight other teams other than NFC East he could have chose. Hey man, do you, you if your wife jumped you if your wife jumped you today and your wife said, Look, man, it ain't working out, you need to move the fuck out, you gonna find an uglier chick? Why the fuck would you do that? You want to find the chick that gets on her nerves the worst to, to get her right. back, man. You want to get the next door neighbor that she hates 
or her best friend, you know what I'm saying? You wanna do stuff like that to get back. <laughs> you don't like leave your wife who's fine for like some sea donkey or something that ain't got no job, you know what I'm saying? Then she feel like she won. So if you leave the Redskins, you go to the Cowboys or Johnson or the Eagles, man. Yeah, I gotta look at his his two kick return touchdowns for the Eagles in two thousand two thousand one because now I want to see if they happen against the Redskins or some shit. <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't know That's- that that could be what's it? I don't. I, it's just such a small. It, it's a large part of the game. I mean, the kick. Well, not anymore. Kick returns, at least punt returns, sure, but it, it definitely is a huge part of the game. Um, but That's when Howard fucked the ball, man. Like I just. I don't know, dog. I guess well, we'll see. Do you think he's going to make it anytime soon? Desmond Howard. Uh, old time? So yeah. you think he'll be an old timer addition? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, they don't. Steve Tasker was like the first, one of the first special teams guys to get in. And yeah, that was not, within yeah. the last 10 years. They're not Hunter right? not even in or there. He like got MVP of the year or a kicker or whatever. Shane Mosley. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to get in there because of the limits on the players that can get in. I think they they raised it. I think, but still, it's like it's hard to put a guy who was all purpose over elite players at specific positions. You know. I dig it. Oh, man, I'm just fucking fuck Marshall. Right <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be the sign off message. I gotta make Fuck a gift. Like Wesley Marshall. I got to do that. Is it GIF? GIF? What is it really? GIF? GIF. I'm gonna use that. GIF. GIF. I don't know. Spliff. <laughs> Fellas, it's been a good one. Episode six in the books. Hail to the Redskins. We got a stay of execution. Sure. You can still say that. Watch Hamilton. Shout out to Phil. Shout out to Phil. Yeah, I miss you, Big Phil. Phil. Damn. I That's didn't the first time he's done this anymore. He thought he did. What is that? Damn. You ready? You ready for it? It's we got coming. Turned down, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. After every major play, every uh, that'll be a topic for another uh, another call. Oh, at least a little a little salty about that one. You gotta do the. You gotta do this one. That Christmas. That Christmas. What's that Christmas? Um, Fuck Percy Marshall. Hail to the Redskins, fellas! I'm out, man. <laughs> Is that a fucking orca? Funny <laughs> <laughs> you had that microphone up Shamu's pussy. <laughs> <laughs>